it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. And to the best that I can figure out, I think this is episode number 496 for July 20th, 2017. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. And uh, this week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts, but we are not doing the homework uh, for Programming by Self. This is a light episode because there is no way I've even gotten halfway through my homework yet. So Bart is going to regale us with something completely different. How are you doing today, Bart? I am doing just fine. And way, 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 way back when I first started to be a guest on your show, I used to find a piece of software and come talk to you about it. That's right. But, that's right. You know, that, that was actually the main thing I used to post on my blog was software reviews, believe it or not. I haven't, it's been ages since I've done that. But anyway, um, I have of late, for various reasons, found myself buying some apps for the Mac and for um, iOS. And I've chopped them in half, so I'm talking about half of them with you now, and then half of them while you're away. Oh, because that I'm sounds good. Your main show next week, so I'm saving some stuff for me to talk about that. Um, some of it is actually, I'll tell you one of the reasons I've been buying a lot of stuff is because iOS 11 is on the way, which is going to kill 32-bit apps. Right. And in preparation, Apple have been making 32-bit apps pop up this little warning saying, "By the by, I'm going to run fine for you today, but I am not going to run fine for you in the future." And some of the apps I was using on a regular basis on my iPhone were giving me that warning. It's like, okay, fine, fine. I will I will start looking now and then I won't be in a panic when I get next get a new phone or when I next <laughs> update my OS. I'll, I'll, I'll be prepared. And that's what triggered two of the three apps we're going to talk about today. And, and the, Can I tell you one good, uh, good thing about the 32-bit apps disappearing? The NoSilicast app is going to disappear. No, that did not get an update. That has not I been was, updated since uh, iOS. When did we go to the flat look? Was that iOS seven? Allison, I could have sworn I got an update through on my iPhone of the NoSilicast app like a few days ago, saying no. it now supports sixty-four bit. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I have not been able to find Donald Burr for over a year, and. Maybe I'm having some sort of fever dream, but I could have sworn I saw that update coming because I had a little chuckle to myself. Wow. Uh, well, that would be really interesting if that happened. So, uh, well, stay tuned. We will find out. Uh, Is there an easy way to see what order apps are in, updated in? I don't know. I can, uh, I'm going to download it right now while we're chatting and see whether it looks any different. But it, Actually, it, just go to iTunes and see what the, up, what the latest published date is, I guess. That, that's... Let's see. I'm on the iPhone. <laughs> this just in. Let's see. What's new? June 2nd, 2015. I don't think so. Well, in the metadata down the side, what's the latest version? Well, I'm looking in the, uh, it's Nocilicast 3.0, last updated June 2nd, 2015. Okay, what the hell did I see update that <laughs> made me think it was you? Oh, I know it got updated. Alistair Jenks stickers. Alistair Jenks created oh, stickers. Oh, updated then, which had Podfeed in it. Yeah, so if you go to uh, Messages and look for apps, look for NoSilicast, and Alistair has created all new stickers for all the new logos and the spawning of shows that I can't seem to stop doing. So uh, anyway, the reason I was saying it was good about the NoSilicast was because I haven't been able to get him to take it down. Because if he's not oh, going to update it, yeah, it's going to go down all by itself. But it's, you know, we'll pour a little bit out when that happens. But uh, a problem is going to solve itself when that happens. Okay. So I, I wasn't going completely mad. I did see <laughs> Nosilicast in my app updates. It just wasn't the app. It was the other app. 
There you go. There you go. Well, if you need okay, some podcasts, okay, you're not crazy. Yeah, I hate. Yeah, I don't like it when the universe doesn't make sense. Anyway, so we're going to talk about. Wait, what before we account- started, didn't I say, "Are you sure you have enough content for us to go on long enough?" And you just started laughing maniacally. <laughs> I believe what I said was, if I could write the word "a" as a show note, and we'd still do time. <laughs> Four minutes, and I haven't let you start yet. <laughs> Yes. So on the menu is a Mac app and two iOS apps. And then there's some more apps coming while you're away. Um, Good. I'll be honest. One of them I'm doing while you're away because you're away and then you can't argue with me. (laughs) (laughs) I was taking a sip of water when you said that. (laughs) You'll argue with me when you get back and that'll be fun. But I'll get to have my say and then you can disagree with me later. It involves your favorite, favorite language in the world. Oh, dear. I know it. I know it's coming. You know it's coming. You can mark it down. (laughs) All right. Well, what do you got for this week? Okay. So the first app I have this week, I didn't. It's not one of those apps that I had this burning problem I needed to solve. It's one of those apps where I think they sponsored Daring Fireball's RSS feed. And I went, oh, my God, that is the coolest thing ever. How is that even possible in the Mac App Store? No, that can't be in the App Store. It must be a ter- it must be an app outside the App Store. Oh my god, it is in the App Store, so I just bought it. Mm. Um it's it's called Yoink. And it does solve a problem, but it wasn't a problem I realized I, there even was a solution to. So we all know that the Mac is drag and drop paradise. Right? It's something you've said many times in the show that it's great that you can pretty much drag and drop anything onto anything. Sure. And it'll just work. But I'm a huge user of spaces. And you can drag and drop between spaces. You drag, you go to the edge, you hold, the space will then flip over, and you do that a few times. But I sometimes have five spaces. Ugh. So uh, that gets old waiting at every edge? That gets old waiting at every edge. Not to mention that I will accidentally drop it from time to time, and God knows what I've done with my file then. The only <laughs> thing, I, I use undo a lot in those cases. Yeah. So wouldn't it be amazing if there was like a little basket you could just hang your stuff in while you were moving around between apps and then pick it up? So basically drag, hang it in midair, move all your windows around, get everything laid out just the way you want and then drop. Hmm. If you could break that in half, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. There is literally an app for that. And it has a, it's, it's a fun app because it has a fun name. It's called Yoink. <laughs> it's in the Mac App Store. It's not a free app. Um, but it's not horrifically expensive. It's seven euros and 99 cents, which I'm guessing is actually, it's probably six ninety nine or something in, in the American store. Um, $9 and, and 13, uh, goes the other way. What? $9 and 13 us dollars is seven ninety nine oh. euro. Yeah. Sorry. I'm mixing you guys up with the British pound. British. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so it's a nine ninety nine app for you guys. Yeah. Um, and I'm, Firstly, this thing is in the App Store. So this is using all of Apple's official APIs. So what this tells me for a start is that Apple have really expanded the amount of APIs available to developers in the App Store. It's no longer the case that every cool utility has to go outside the App Store because this is in the App Store. Hmm. Now, right now I'm sharing my screen with you. And you can have a look in my menu bar and you can have a look in my dock. And there is absolutely no sign that I am running Yoink. Okay. But I am. It's just a small little app. Until I select something, anything at all, really. Well, I select something, still nothing has happened. I now drag. 
Oh, at least I would drag if I was <laughs> white. Oh. Looks like your 3D touch just kicked in. So I'm going to describe for the listening audience, he's selecting some text, and it seems to want to define it for some reason. Yeah, why Why is it doing that? Actually, am I pushing too hard? Am I, am I forced Yeah, I think touching? you're doing forced touch. Ah, there he so goes. As soon as I begin to drag, oh look, a magic little drop zone has just appeared out of nowhere. So on the left-hand side, I see a, a a gray kind of heads-up display-looking thing with a with a down arrow onto a, I don't know what that is, a yeah. transporter pad or something? Uh, yeah, so its icon is a teleporter pad. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, usually I set this up to be on the other side of the screen, so preferences. So what do you, tell them what you're doing. Okay, so I have, well, I'll fix it, okay. So I have dropped it onto this little teleporter pad, and it's now just sitting there. And I can move around my spaces, I can do anything I like. I can actually say, actually, you know something, that file, let's also drag that onto somewhere. Why can't I drag today? <laughs> you need you know to set up three-finger drag is what you need. Steve will yes, teach you all I about do. it. How do I do <laughs> System preference. No, I'm actually serious. Cause this we'll is do that live. Tracking. Okay, we're going to go to trackpad. Track trackpad. Uh, more gestures. Please. Where'd it go? Do you have uh, scroll and zoom, maybe? Point and click. Point and click. Like any good audio recording. Why is that not? Why does my Mac not want to play ball? That is very interesting. Yeah, we're looking for the three-finger gesture. Uh, that's not under accessibility, is it? I'm going to oh, look for... Most cool things are, aren't they? Three-finger drag. Magic mouse gestures, magic trackpad gestures. Click, tap to click. Wow, this is good audio. Silent click, force click. I wonder how many people are screaming into their uh, their well, everyone, devices. Everyone else on the planet knows now, right? In and out, rotate. I've got it set up, so it must be in here somewhere. Enable dragging. There it is. Three finger drag. So there it is. it's Under in ex- mouse and track accessibility. Wait, wait. Open it back up so I can read it to people. So he went into system preferences, accessibility, mouse and trackpad. And then trackpad options enable dragging, three finger drag. Which I, was not the default. The default was without second. drag lock. Yeah, and I, I have think no idea what that means. if you didn't follow that terrible explanation of how we got there, I'm pretty sure I have a how to on uh, podfeed.com. Oops. Okay. Three finger drag, you need a lot of. There we so, go. Ah, tell okay. people what you just did, Bart. <laughs> this is oh, audio, remember? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So. I already had my bit of text sitting on my teleporter pad. I just picked up a random file on my desktop, and I've now dropped that onto my teleporter pad. So, so one was essentially there. copied text. The other one is an entire file. The other one's an entire file. Pretty much anything you can drag and drop, you can plop there. And then I might just go compose an email or something. And then I just drop the other way. I just take it from here, take it from the teleporter pad and drop it into a new email to someone or whatever I want to do. Basically, I can drop it anywhere. And nice. by default, it will actually vanish out of the teleporter when I drop it. But I have it set up not to vanish. I have it set up to copy. Hmm. So I can keep it there, which means when I'm coding, I can keep little snippets of text there. Uh, and I can just keep dragging in ad infinitum. And then when you're done, you click the little broom icon and then they all go away. Cleans it up, huh? Cleans it up. And until you drag, it's not even there. It's completely invisible. There's nothing in the way here until I drag. And then it just appears, just letting exists. me drop it on. So ex- it's actually Expelleramus. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually quite configurable. 
Um, so if I go into the system preferences, or not system preferences, the preferences for you and Kier. So he tapped so a little the gear icon and there's a little downward chevron that took him into the settings. Yeah, so we have launch you and Kit login. Mm-hmm. Probably a good idea, especially... So by default, it does show a menu bar icon. So you can see his little teleporter pad up in the menu bar. But you just untick that and then it goes completely silent. Um, under behavior, you can have it automatically show Yoink when drag starts, when drag starts at while dragging to the edge of a screen. You can basically, I like it to just as soon as I drag, it comes up, but you can, huh. you have a few options here. You can also have it come up with a hot key. Uh, you can have it ignore certain applications if it's getting in your way in some sort of a way. Um, under advanced, then by default, remove items when dragged out is checked, but I uncheck that. I, okay. I prefer. Uh, it uses the preview icon by default instead of the name of the file. Um, and then you can also make it do funny stuff under force touch, which I actually haven't played with yet because I've been using it on my non force touch enabled Mac. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you also get to choose where you actually put the little drop pad. So I actually prefer mine right center. So I'm just going to change that. Okay. So because you had it on the left, but that's where you keep your, uh, that's your where my dock. dock is. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. No, no, you're smart to do that because this is on your 12-inch MacBook, right? Yes, absolutely. So if you've got any kind of screen at all, it's always wider than it is tall. Why would people want the dock on the bottom? You've got width. You you don't have height. Of course it would be on the side. You're perfectly rational, Bart. Thank you. You're the first person who's made my own favorite argument back at me. Everyone else just looks at me like I'm weird. Thank you. No, it's, it's absurd to have it on the bottom. I just like that's the worst place for it. I suppose the top would be worse, but... Oh, yeah, which is actually not even possible, I, I hope don't not. think, for the dock. It only gives you three options. So anyway, th- that is that is what Yoink does, and it does it really quite well. And as I said, the way I have it configured so that it's completely invisible until you drag, it just really so gets out your of way. your way. Yeah. Yeah. I really, and, really like that. Yeah, and I also like the fact that I have chosen to have it retain the snippets and things I pop in there. Um, I've also I've been in touch with the developer uh, with a few suggestions, and he's extremely receptive. So something that is coming in the next version is the ability to send snippets that are either images or text straight to the clipboard from the Yoinkie pad. In, uh, say that again? So when you put something that can go onto the clipboard, like, say, a piece of text or an image... In Yoink's little teleporter pad, there is coming in the next version a little button to send it straight to your clipboard. Huh. So then instead of having to reach over, drag and drop. So imagine you have a snippet up there you're using for coding or something. Yeah. Then you just simply click on it and send it to the clipboard and paste, which is much quicker than having to drag, especially on a 27-inch iMac. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And I've used, I've used it actually, I've used it in all sorts of places. So you have a terminal command, you know, you're going to be using a few times in the day. I've actually selected it, dropped it into Yoink, and then just dropped it back every time I needed to rerun it. It's, it I've done all sorts of weird things. With it. it will just accept anything. It's really quite impressive. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, I've never been a fan of spaces. And probably the primary reason is the problem this solves is I'm always finding that I'm trying to move something from one file, one application to another. And that other application is someplace else. And I'm like, ah, it's too hard. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, as I say, I'm just amazed that it's actually possible to do this as an app that's in the App Store fully sanctioned by Apple. But it yeah. is, so yay. Yeah, it smells like something they wouldn't let us have. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah so i'm absolutely delighted that we've gotten to the stage where the app the sandboxing apis are mature enough for this kind of utility to fit as a sandboxed app yeah that's a good point where does it live in between i guess it lives in yoink yeah so yoink is an app it just doesn't have a dock icon or a menu bar icon it's just a running app yeah you can have it have an icon but uh, mm-hmm. You know, this sort of reminds me of your explanation of how I think I actually didn't hear it on the no silicaster chit chat. I think you talked about it on Let's Talk Apple. Uh, you were talking about the security model that Apple used in order to allow you to drag and drop on the iPad and iOS 11. And you were explaining yeah. how the well, maybe you can uh, elaborate on that a little bit because this smells somewhat like that. So maybe that's why it works. Well, OK, so if you're. This will be somewhat different to how it's done on iOS because on iOS they've managed to lock it down even more. But basically, when you drag something on a Mac, what's actually happening is that every time you pass over, so everything on the Mac that has UI tells the OS, I can be dropped onto if it can. So, okay, let me start over. So you're writing an app and you want your app to accept something being dropped on it. You just basically use an API to tell OS X I can be dropped on, and the things I accept are images, PDFs, text. You basically give it a list of everything that you consider yourself to be able to handle. And then when someone drags on the OS, whenever they pass over a window that has told the OS it can be dropped on, the OS will change the icon and let the app know, by the way, there's someone hovering over you, which then allows the app to change its UI to say drop or, you know, the way sometimes they'll gray out or whatever. And then when the user lets go, the OS tells the app, and here you go, have that thingy. And then the app does whatever it's supposed to do. So on Mac OS X, it actually tells the hovering app, the app that you're hovering over quite a bit. It's like, yeah, there's some guy with an image hovered over you. But what they changed in iOS is that they don't say this image is being hovered over you. They just say an image is hovered over you. And only at the point the user lifts their finger does it tell the underneath app what image it is. So that's how iOS is making it even more secure. So the apps, an iOS app can say, I am droppable on, but the OS will keep a secret what is being dropped on. It will only pass on the metadata until you let your finger go. Whereas on the Mac, it's actually not as secure because on the Mac, the APIs are much, much older. They date back to, well, the early 2000s. Or late 90s? No, early 2000s. And they actually, if you drag some text over a Mac app, that Mac app will be told what text is being dragged over it with the Mac APIs. But the iOS ones are way more secure. Huh. So in a way, that does kind of sound like the same sort of thing, doesn't it? A little bit? Well, it is. There are similar APIs. It's just that the the iOS ones are newer and therefore they got a do-over. So, yeah, the Mac ones are nice and the Mac ones are good, but the Mac ones aren't as privacy conscious as the iOS ones. But that's kind of true of the Mac in general, right? Because the Mac started off its life as a late 90s OS, which is the days before we had this notion that apps should be kept private from other apps. Yeah, yeah. This is I mean, the cool. big advantage iOS has is that it got to start over. <laughs> Apple got to have a do-over with... 30 years of experience behind them. And that's really nice to get to do because it's very hard to because you can't break everyone's Mac. And it's actually kind of amazing how much retro engineering Apple have managed to do. I mean, I know everyone lost their 
ever-loving mind when they had an event called Back to the Mac and all of a sudden everyone thought <laughs> that the Mac was going away. But actually they were bringing all of the great things they learned from iOS back into the Mac and they've managed to retrofit so much back into the Mac and make it so much more secure without breaking half the planet, which is yeah. actually kind of impressive. It reminds me of stuff that you see them do in California, where they'll have like a beautiful old building from 1910, which was built before we knew how to make stuff not fall down in earthquakes. And without taking the building down, they will lift it up and stick like isolators under it to save the building for future earthquakes. I believe they did it to City Hall. Like the thing is standing up and there's people in there working and they've been retrofitted with modern day earthquake protection. (laughs) <laughs> that's sort of as amazing as what they've done to OS X. That, that at kind no of, point did it fall down. That reminds me of something, I, I want to say it was Leon at MacStock talked about, he wanted to put in solar panels and the solar panel told him company told him that he would have to have his house, house lifted and turned 45 degrees for it to work. <laughs> and they weren't kidding. They actually thought Let's he might do, do that. that. <laughs> I think that was Leon. Forgive me whoever actually did say that if it was Leon, but it was pretty funny. Uh, back on, on Yoink, um, it looks like it's been around for a long time. They've got a, a demo you can download. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to eternalstorms.at. Um, they've got a, a demo you can download so you can try it out and then you can buy it in the Mac App Store directly. But it says OS ten Lion or newer required. I guess it has been around for a while then, unless they just used APIs that have been around for a while. Yeah, I th- I thought I'd heard of it, but I never, uh, man, you've got me sold. I'm ready to get this. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, this one down. Of episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're switching operating systems. Now we're switching over to iOS. And I set out to solve one problem and accidentally solved two and cost myself twice as much money. <laughs> uh, and actually, it's the Nacilla Castaway's fault because I put the call out on Twitter for help. And I got answers from quite a few Nocilla castaways, and they pointed me to these two apps. So the trigger for my going a hunting was that I very often need to set timers for things, which is not an unusual thing to need to do. And strangely enough, I like to set more than one timer at a time. In fact, I often (laughs) need to set more than one timer at a time. And Apple thinks that this is absolute nonsense. (laughs) In none of their OSs do they ever conceive that someone might want to boil an egg and make some pasta at the same time. This is something Dave Hamilton says uh, he refers to why he likes the Amazon Echo better than he likes Siri, because Siri can only do one uh, alarm at a time. uh, It it makes no sense. makes no sense. It's a multitasking operating system. How have they not figured this out? Anyway, years and years ago, I found an app called... I can't remember the name of it now, but it was it was an iOS app and it just gave you a three by four grid and into each grid you could program in either a preset timer. So like 30 second timer, a one minute timer, a two minute timer. And so you just had a grid of them and you could also make a, a timer that when you push the button, it would ask you for how long. So I basically had 11 commonly used time set. No, I think I had 10 commonly used time set up and the bottom two I had kept as general purpose. And I just open the app and go 10 minutes, click. And then it would go. And then for something, I have to go 45 minutes, click, whatever. And I just go. And so that just worked. And it let me have as many, you know, 12 timers at a time, which should be sufficient. But it's a 32-bit app that hasn't been updated in ages and ages and ages and ages. Hmm. So obviously it was going to go away. So it also, because it hadn't been updated in ages and ages and ages and ages, it quite clearly had no Apple Watch support. 
And so it was starting to annoy me in that regard as well, because actually it would be quite nice to be able to start a timer on the watch. And also the watch's built-in timer app is as awful as iOS's built-in timer app. It also can only do one bloody thing at a time. So I sort of felt I wanted to solve both of those problems. So my Can, my can I ask a dumb question? You can. I solved that by saying, remind me in two minutes to turn off the oven. You'd set ah, as many sorry. reminders as you want, and that'll set up all the timers. If then I can't look and see. I want to be able to see, oh, there's 15 minutes left. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's particularly if you're doing, there's a lot of things when you're cooking, you need to stir them every so often, and I, yeah. I really want to see what's going on. So there's, um, there's like, a Mac app right. and an iOS app. Are you uh, going to talk about both or just the, the iOS app? I just bought the iOS app uh, because okay. I don't ever use a Mac in the kitchen and I've always got my watch on or my iPhone with me. So basically, the iOS app is also the watch app because that's how paired those two devices are. Yeah. So I've just gone with the iOS app because it's either strapped to my wrist and I actually use it directly from the watch a lot. Um, it has a complication which is which has replaced on my home screen the place where the Apple timer complication has sat for a very long time. And so I, I use the, um, is it called Utility? The one where you have as many complications as possible? Yeah, yeah. and I want a so couple the, more. <laughs> please, actually, yeah. So on the top left, right next to the time, I have this multi-timer is the name of the app we're going to talk about. I have it just sitting there, and that's how I do an awful lot of my timers these days. But it's completely in sync with the iPhone because obviously it is the iPhone app because it's the one app that's projected onto the two screens. So if I start a timer on the iPhone, I can see its status on the watch. If I start a timer on the watch, I can see its status on the iPhone. It, it's very convenient that way. You and just said I multi-timer, define... but you told me we were talking about, I thought we were talking about do all this time. Am no, I looking at the wrong that's one? That's the bonus. That's the bonus. Oh, shoot. I've been working on the wrong one. Okay. <laughs> We're yeah, not doing anything so, out in order. Okay. Then there may so not be a Mac app, depending on what he... Now that I'm going to go see what he's actually typed up. <laughs> there may or may not. There probably isn't a Mac. I don't know. Anyway, I put the call out saying, I am looking for an app that does multiple timers at the same time that has nice Apple Watch support and that people are happy with. And I got a whole bunch of Nacilla Castaways replying... And I believe it was the Mac Mummy gave a glowing review of Multitimer. And I went and looked and I was like, actually, this is exactly what I was looking for. Hmm. So the app is free, but there's an in-app purchase to make it even better. Now, the free version doesn't have ads. It just has a subset of features. And in fact, it's not even so much a, well, no, it is a subset. We'll call it a subset. And it does a lot. And it does it very well. And it does it very elegantly. And it does it very stylishly. And it's probably enough for most people. But if you really get into it, you can then pay the whopping sum of five euro and 49 cent, which I'm guessing is. It's actually four nine. No, that's weird. It went the other way. It's four ninety nine. Ah, that makes no sense. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. four ninety nine, And you then get all the features unlocked. So at its core, it is actually excruciatingly similar to the app I used to have. The grid isn't fixed. So the grid will grow and shrink depending on how many timers you add. So if you only need two timers, you'll get two really big timers. If you add 20 timers, you get lots of teeny tiny little timers. But it's still this grid of timers that you get to define. 
But it's not just either a fixed countdown or a generic countdown. There's count up timers. There's interval timers, which are fantastic for if you're doing something like roast vegetables that have to be stirred every 10 minutes. You can basically say, remind me in 10, 10, 10, 10, and then finish. And so it'll give you like little mini alarms at the mid at the midpoints and then give you a giant big auga auga okay. at the the final finish point. Well that's kinda nice. Uh, but it even has ones I don't even understand what they mean, but I'm sure they mean something to someone. So you can have countdown, you can have what they call a quick timer, which is basically there is no preset. When you click the button, you're going to be asked what you want. You can have a count up timer, um, which is actually quite useful because if I'm marinating meat or something. I'll often just, when I put the meat in the marinade, I'll start the count up timer. And then I'll cook dinner when the count up is at something that's like, yeah, two and a half hours. I'm sure that's grand. There's a thing called a Pomodoro timer, which I have no idea what that is. but I'm Oh, sure I can tell you what it is. There's a uh, Pomodoro sauce is tomato sauce, right? In yes. your Italian restaurants. There's a, a philosophy. You know how there's the GTD people? There's the Pomodoro people. It it has to do with, uh, I'm going to butcher this probably because I studied it such a long time ago, but it has to do with setting specific timers for how long you want to focus on something. So I am going to write blog posts from now for the next 30 minutes without stopping. And uh, Pomodoro, my app will tell me when I'm allowed to start screwing around and look at Facebook again. Oh, okay. Okay. So there you go. If you're into the Pomodoro thing, it's a, there especially for you. The interval timer, which is one I like a lot. There's a stopwatch, there's a lap timer, and there's a counter, as in, like a clicker counter, as in, you know, one, two, whatever. <laughs> My phone just told me it was bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all the different ones. So you can basically set them up as you like. For each one, you get to give it a color of your choice, you get to give it a label of your choice, and you get to give it an icon of your choice. And on the free app, you get one screen full. So you ah. get a screen of timers. But it's six timers. So that's pretty good. Or more. You can fit more on. Like you can keep adding them. Oh, you can. But I thought. just shrink. Oh, okay. Why would you want more than one screen if you can shrink them? Ah, because you can categorize them. So if you have multiple screens, you get to name them. So you have like your cooking ones, your meditation Bingo. ones. Okay. So I have a screen called Every Day which is for the stuff I do all the time. And it has only a few icons and they're nice and big. So they're really, really big, fat, chunky touch spaces. And then if I swipe, I end up on my cooking screen where they're quite a bit smaller, but I don't have to remember how long is pasta. So as it happens, pasta and paninis take 10 minutes each, but they're still two separate buttons because I'm just looking for that panini icon and that pasta icon. I don't (laughs) remember how long it's supposed to be, right? So it's really kind of useful that way. Then... Things get exceptionally cool in the new features they released a few weeks ago. You can create rules. So you can create sort of like, I'm not sure if if this and that, but basically I have a rule called start roast and it will start the interval timer for the vegetables and the timer timer for the roast potatoes at the same time. So if I just, oh, so you might have five cool. or six things that you want to do together. Let's say you're doing Christmas dinner and it involves lots of different things having to happen at various points. You can just program that up as a sequence and you just click start dinner and it will set all of the timers you need. That's and pretty slick. And I, I mean, I'm only starting to touch the sort of the surface of these things you can do with these commands. Uh, it also journals your timers, which I'm guessing is for the Pomodoro people. Hmm. It sort of keeps a list of 
I guess if you have a Pomodoro timer saying write a blog post and then the journal is probably quite useful because you can say, ah, but I blog 56 times this week or whatever. So I presume because I don't really care, but I don't want I, I don't care when I lasted pasta, but I'm sure someone cares somewhere. So it actually does journal everything you're doing. That is- um, and, and so it, it just it's very nice. And as I say, it, it completely syncs with the watch. So if I start a timer here on the phone, I can just click on the complication and see how it's getting on. Um, and you can also choose to have the timers go into overtime, which is great. So when the timer ends, it doesn't just stop. It starts counting up. Wait. And it tells you that it's in overtime. Oh, oh, OK. Those uh, that asparagus is three minutes past due. Yes. Which is fantastic, because for some things, it doesn't really matter if you're out by five or ten minutes. But it is kind of good to know how far you're out. Yeah. So I I do, for various medical reasons, I have to do a sinus rinse every day. And basically, you, you need to boil the water so as not to give yourself a sinus infection by shoving, un, you know, unsterilized water up your nose. That doesn't seem like a good idea. So I know it takes 25 minutes to cool down in Irish ambient temperature. But if I miss by three or four minutes, no biggie. But if I miss by 10 minutes, I am going to put cold water up my nose. And you have no idea how uncomfortable that is. <laughs> so there's a very precise number right in there. Yeah, so it is really good to look at it. Oh, sugar, I missed my timer by six minutes. Okay, I'll risk it. Whereas if it says 15 minutes, it's like, no, I am <laughs> starting over. That is, this is not going to work. And so I would say, actually, most people will don't need don't need the pro version but it is really nice and the main reason i bought the pro version was because i sent an email to the developers saying hey you have a watch app but you don't have a complication i think it'd be great if you had a complication and i got an email back going thanks very much for your comments there's an app update due out tomorrow it has a complication (laughs) Uh, and basically the guy was just really nice and he answered all of my questions and everything and i was like you deserve my money so i just gave him my money yeah, and then know, I got the update, and I was like, "Oh, this is really worth the money too." I was, uh, I, I downloaded the trial, and it is a beautiful app too. It's really fluid. Uh, it it feels really clean. One of, one of the problems I have with the Apple Watch complications for the the timer and the countdown, or what's the opposite of a timer? An alarm. I can't remember yes. which icon is which. I never know which one I'm going for. So I finally put one of them in my uh, on my watch. So I know that I've got something I have to do that's 12 minutes long and I have one button for that. It defaults to 12 minutes. But when I need the other kind, that's a countdown. When I need a count up, uh, pfft, no, I'm, I can't find the alarm. Can't find it. Save my soul. That's why I use well, reminders. Problem solved here. This app will save you all of that hassle. One thing I will say, the so there was a major update to this app about a week and a half ago. Hmm. Um, so it got loads of new features and the UI, it wasn't, radically reformed it was just tightened Hmm. so basically everything was given a lick of paint and like you say it is gorgeous now it is absolutely gorgeous and it is so smooth as butter (laughs) two weeks ago it was nice now it's gorgeous okay interesting yeah july 7th it's 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 just fabulous uh and it works on the iphone and ipad yes and the apple watch I put a link so, in the show notes to the Pomodoro technique, by the way. I, I, I wasn't terribly far off on what it is. Okay, cool. So the, other, the one thing I will say, the one criticism I have is that right now, the complication 
isn't as informative as I would like. So I would like the complication to, if I'm only running one timer, why not just show me the time left in the complication? If I'm running two timers, it probably can't do that. It's only got like five pixels to play with. But if I'm only running one timer, it could probably show me that. And if I'm running multiple timers, maybe it should show me a badge. Oh, so you have to tap it to see what the countdown is. Yes. So I have basically the yeah, the complication didn't exist until the seventh of July. So I'm sort of giving them a little bit of time to get their okay. their ducks in a row before I send them a follow on email going, Thanks for doing a complication, but you know, make it a bit more complicated. <laughs> you know, one thing that frustrates me is how Apple doesn't let other developers have the exact same access they have. So when you do the countdown thing on the on the Apple Watch, whatever that thing is called, I don't know, timer? Is that a timer? But there is a timer app, yeah. Yeah, when you use the built-in Apple one, it stays on the front of the watch. So you would never look down and not see how much is left on your timer. You don't have to go and do it over and over again. Same thing yeah. with the with the, the workout app. Well, but Workouts Plus Plus can take over your screen and keep it too, so eh, maybe I'm whining about the wrong thing. Yeah, but as I say, so the one thing I will say is that the complication on the Apple Watch is new, and as such, it's not uh, it's not as feature rich as it probably will be. But the actual Apple Watch itself, the actual Apple Watch app itself, is is fine. Like it, it does everything that you would expect it to do. Um, it gives you access to all of. If you have multiple screens, you can navigate through them. You can start your timers. You can stop your timers. You can see the state of all your timers. So if you click into the app, which of course the complication will do for you, or you can just use the dock button. Uh, if you don't want to bother with the complication since it's a bit primitive at the moment, that's fine. But it basically, it works really well on the watch. It's just that the complication is the weakest point of the app. And it's not that it's broken. It's just it seems like a, a squandered opportunity, <laughs> which I'm sure they'll capitalize on. But for now, it seems like yeah, it could have done more. But like you're saying, it's 13 days ago. Cut them some slack, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. So this is what I asked for, right? So I said to everyone of the Silicastaways, I would like an app that does this. This is the this is a suggestion that came back, I think actually from a few people. I think the Mac Mommy was first, but I don't think she was the only person to suggest it. And it's lovely and I love it to bits. But I also got back another suggestion. I got back a suggestion for an app called Dew, D-U-E. And Dew does indeed have timer functionality. And so you could have solved my problem. It can run multiple timers at once. You can save various timers. So you have a list of them to get to and you can start and stop them and all of that. So you could have solved the problem. But actually, Jew's timers aren't nearly as feature rich as those in multi-timer. But you solved a whole different problem hmm. that I didn't. In hindsight, I knew I wanted solved, but it. I didn't realize how much I wanted it solved until it was solved. And I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. This is just what I wanted. So there are tasks that you sort of have to do every month, like pay rent, put the bin out every second Wednesday, and then the recycle bin every other second Wednesday. And I get them wrong so often. Um, (laughs) And I have been using a recurring calendar event. And to be honest... It hasn't gone very well. It just mucks up the calendar. A, it mucks up the calendar. And B, the notifications have a habit of just going silent. So huh. I will say, you know, three days before rent is due, the, notify me that rent is due and I'll hit snooze. And then if I hit snooze too often, sometimes it just seems to never come back. 
And then it's like the fourth of the month and I get a message from the landlord going, uh, you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. Why is there no money in my account? Oh, bleep. You know, and then, yeah, whatever. And also, it just seems to go off on all of my devices at the same time. And it just, it, it was not good. Dew solves that problem extremely elegantly. So it allows you to specify when things are should be done by, and then it will notify you. And it also will notify you on the watch um, or on the phone. So again, it has nice crossover. That's now my new requirement. Everything new I buy for iOS had better do uh, had better work well with the watch. Uh, but it does something called smart auto snooze. If you don't react in any way, if you completely and utterly ignore the notification, it will go away for a little bit and then it will come back. And it will keep doing that until you either specify go away for a day or go away for three hours or go away for, you know, you basically you, you tell it how long it should sod off for and then it will ob- obligingly sod off for that length of time. Or you say Mark is done and then it will ignore you. Then it will say, OK, fine, that's Grant. And it will stop I'm, annoying you at all. I've been trying to listen for you to say something that reminders can't do. And so far, I haven't heard anything that reminders can't do. Uh, well, the UI for setting them up is extremely easy. So it's both for... Uh, does you does reminders have an auto snooze? Uh, y- yeah, you can you can hit snooze and it'll say... No, 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 no. auto snooze. You do yeah. nothing. You do not interact in any way and you will keep being reminded. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Fresh notifications? Hmm. As in, you completely ignore a reminder... And it will give you a whole fresh notification an hour later. So on the Mac, the the reminder stays up, uh, just stays up on screen. Okay, that's not a fresh reminder, though. That's But it's not gone either. So you have to choose between complete and remind me later. Yeah, I that doesn't work for me. Right? That that is the that is the functionality that I've, I've been getting from iCal, um, and it that, it has not worked for me. So this is so I'll say remind me later, and it'll pop back up. Remind me later, pop back up. Remind me later, pop back up, and then I finally actually do it. So it, yeah, see, what it happens pings to me, me all I the do time. That, but what happens to me is I click remind me later, and it forgets. So that's with the calendar so, with the reminders app. I don't think it can it it forgets. I, I also tried doing it with calendar. Plus, it made a big botch up of my my calendar was a mess. Yeah, and th- this is not only for um, this is not only for recurring events. This is also for oh, remind me to ring someone tomorrow or whatever. So mm-hmm. the UI is kind of built around quickly and easily getting these things down. And so you do have control over stuff like how how vigorously to auto snooze. So for. <laughs> Well, how, no, to, how, how vigorously to snooze? <laughs> well, right. So something that's very time critical, I can have it to re-poke me, to re-tap me on the wrist every minute until I respond. Okay. As long as it stays on screen, it actually gives, it's a new notification, so it's tap-tap. Yeah, right? I see what you're saying. Right, right, on the watch. So for some things where it's really time critical, it's actually important. For other things, I have it set to only annoy me every couple of hours, you know, because it doesn't really matter. So for everything you get to choose how vigorous it should be, if it should be vigorous at all, then you have the concept of repeat events or not repeat events. You kind of get to choose that. And the repeats are actually extremely flexible with all sorts of weirdo calculations. Like I have one for the last Thursday of the month that I have to do something and these kind of things. So it's pretty good about that kind of thing. 
And what I particularly like is the interface for creating a new remind me to do something. It's a text area that you type or speak into. Yeah, whatever. But underneath it is a grid. And the grid contains four pre-programmable times that you get to choose. And they give you defaults of basically early morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, late evening. So I have oh. mine set to 9.30, noon, 6.30, 10 p.m. So if I need to do something before bed, it's one button. I like that because mine are always, I get back from the gym or the beach around 10.30. So I'm always saying, don't remind me to blah, blah, blah at 10.30. Right. So you have buttons for those. So that's the top row of the grid. And that's already amazingly useful. Below that are buttons for going plus or minus 10 minutes, an hour, three hours or a day. Is that so 10 minutes from say, now or from that time in the grid? The timer is currently set at. So if you say 1830, which is one of your presets, minus one, it's 530. Mm. Minus 10, whatever. It's very quick to click through. Cool. So basically, you have your presets, which is already amazing, useful, and then you can quickly stick on an hour, stick on three hours, stick on a day, take off 10 minutes. So you actually amazingly quickly get stuff done. And of course, if you do nothing, if you never, if you don't click a button in the top row, it will be from now. Actually, yes, because yeah. So right now it's saying I'm making new event. It's saying quarter past midnight. So if I click plus three hours, it's now quarter past three in the morning because but I could say 9.30 and it'll do it in the morning. I could say plus a day, plus two days. So that's going to be on Sunday at 9.30. Actually, I want it at 18.30 minus an hour. I mean, it, it's extremely quick to, to jiggle these things around. So it's, yes, it's a replacement for reminders, but it's got a good UI. And I found that it is compatible with whatever is wrong with me that makes me put everything off. <laughs> well, and that's actually the real answer, right? If it gets you to do stuff. Yes, exactly. It's, it's kind of disappointing that you have to buy the Mac app separate. It's another 10 bucks. It's five bucks for due on the uh, iPad and iPhone and then another $10 on the Mac. It's pretty. It's, back to this whole, I just sort of have it on my, my watch is always with me and my phone is always with me. I haven't found myself missing it. Yeah, I don't like to type on those devices, so I use I either use voice on those devices or I type on my Mac, one or the other. And I know you, you don't talk to your devices, but that's the only way I can stand to do it. I don't like typing. Interesting. It also has some other nifty features. No matter what you do in the app, as soon as you do it, a giant big red undo button comes up at the bottom. So no matter what, how silly you are, you can always undo it. <laughs> which if you're prancing around trying to do something one-handed when you should be doing something else is actually a really good feature. <laughs> and it also gives you sort of a nice, I, I really like the overview. So right now it's telling me that I have snoozed the fact that I should be backing up my Mac now, um, which I'd figure I better not do while we're recording. Probably so I, let, I, I intentionally snooze that one. <laughs> the next thing that's going to nag me about tomorrow is that I need to, and back up my work machine, and then it's going to remind me that I promised the developer of Yoink I'd give him an App Store review. So I guess I should do that tomorrow. Then I did promise him a week ago I'd do that. <laughs> and then I had to put out the recycle bin next week on Wednesday. So it just, it gives you a very nice sort of, it, it, I don't know, it just, I was forever not getting stuff done. Now I'm getting stuff done. Getting some more stuff done. And the UI doesn't make me hate it. And maybe that's actually... We come back to the fact that I'm a picky sod. 
<laughs> but but I think that matters. You know, I've I've definitely used apps where I think, yeah, you know, this works, but I just want to, you know, I feel like my eyeballs being scratched a little bit while they're, you know, because it's just yeah. annoying looking or just it sort of makes you <laughs> when you use it. This this seems to to be very very pretty. I wish I could see the screenshots a little bit bigger. Man, oh, I'm looking over on their website too. I'll put a link to the website because they're the screenshots aren't popping out on iTunes for me. Maybe if I looked on the phone, I could look at it a little bit bigger. Yeah. So the, yeah, because to some extent, it is a fair comment to say, well, reminders or iCal will do this for you, and it'll do most of the things. The auto snooze won't do, which is. Maybe it's because I'm such a procrastinator. I need the auto snooze. Maybe, maybe that's it. But I really <laughs> do need the primary it. thing. Yeah, I want the default position. If I ignore you, I want the default position to be please nag me again, which is what this does. Whereas if I ignore something from the Apple built-in apps, it goes, oh, fine. You're not talking to me then. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it is very pretty. I'm looking at the uh, at the uh, website there at doapp.com. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. And I should I should give credit to um, Nasilla Castaway and fellow Irish person Bren Finan for the suggestion. And Bren is a very aesthetically aware individual. Ah. Bren would never recommend something that makes your eye scratch. <laughs> never. Like if if Bren recommends it, it's polished, and yeah. this is polished. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And so thank you to Brent. Thank you to the Mac Bobby. Thank you to everybody else who came up with ideas. Um, I'm not sure I'll go for do, but uh, multi-timer and yoink sure look like my kind of app. That's for sure. I think I've cost you sufficient then. <laughs> it's an expensive enough uh, episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. You know, it's funny. I was I was going to tell you, well, the uh, the reminders never fails. And I set up a reminder and neither my watch nor my Mac uh, uh no dinged me and then i realized of course they didn't i always put my devices in do not disturb when i'm on a podcast so. oh okay well that's a that's not a bug that's a feature yeah yeah but you know what i i just realized i don't know whether reminders taps my my watch because it didn't when i saw the reminder come up on the mac it may not i set my yeah, reminders like with my phone i wonder whether you can use do uh from the watch from talking to it because i live on that you know i'm out uh out doing my morning exercise and I have to raise my wrist and say, tell Dave Hamilton he's wrong about something. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't even have Siri enabled anymore. So I don't know. I, oh, I, I just, you're missing I've given so in much. To the Irish not looking like an idiot thing. I just I feel miss, like such a fool. I don't do it. I would love to just ask you to try for one week. Just try to talk I'll tell to you it. what. It's so useful. When iOS, when iOS 11 comes out mm-hmm. and Apple have had another chance to give like not just a little polish, but a whole a whole fresh OS worth of polish, I will do it again. I will give it two weeks. So I'm, I'm talking about some very specific things. I'm not saying that you need to go use Siri to find out information. I'm talking about dictating to your watch. Just telling uh, it yeah, stuff. I'll do it. Yeah, that's, so, I will give know, that a go. I, set a I timer for blah, blah, blah. You know, remind me at 1030 to blah, yeah. blah, blah. That kind of thing. That's what I use it for all the time. And and I dictate um, to, in Telegram all the time in an iMessage. So See, I try to do those things. So the last time I had Siri enabled, I tried to do things like set a five minute timer and stuff like that. And it it would be so slow. That I would, I would just give up. If it was or, that long, was it on your old watch by any chance? Because it is hugely yeah. different on the, uh, different on your new watch. Oh yeah, we're talking a, a, like 
yeah, we're talking at least a year and a half ago, probably since okay. I just got fed up. Yeah, so okay, I, so I, I'm going to wait till watch iOS 11. Was so I'm slow. Gonna I'm going to wait till iOS 11 to give Apple an absolutely fair chance of giving it some real TLC between the last time it made me so cranky and now, <laughs> and then I will give it a scout honest try. Okay, maybe I'll make you a list of things to try that I that I do use it for. I mean, she's still a yeah. moron when it comes to looking anything up. I mean, she's a complete idiot. Uh, but it, for telling the watch to do things and telling the phone to do things for you and pure dictation, it's better than I can type. It's fantastic. So, well, to be honest, if you can do those things, right? Particularly, actually typing into the watch, because yeah, I can do a scribble if I need it, <laughs> but you're going to get a very terse message. Yeah, <laughs> one word, and it doesn't do smileys. I, 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 Oh. How can scripts not do smileys? Come on, Apple. Yeah, there was one thing I, I, something else I tried to get it to do that was just like super obvious. And for the life of me, it would not do it. It was something, I, I don't think it was a smiley, but it was something like, if you can't do this, then I can't use you as a scribble technique. Because, oh, shoot, I can't remember what it was. It'll come to you at some point. I'll, you'll get a text message with one line in it and that'll be what it is. Yeah. What, right. So I would do dot dot and it would give me the colon and then I would do a parent a parenthesis, which should be the easiest thing in the world. It's a backward C. It kept coming out as an S. So not even close. Like, like if it yeah, had given like, you a C or something. <laughs> yeah, it was basically it had obviously decided that you couldn't possibly mean a symbol. What are you nuts? <laughs> and it just tried to make what I wrote fit into a letter. So there were fives and S's and all sorts <laughs> of stupid things coming out. And all I wanted was a smiley. It, it was actually... Y-U-P space colon parens. <laughs> it took so long, I I just, I gave up, I took out my phone and I typed, yup, smiley you, face sent. You do, you do know there's a button for emoji, right? Well, there's a button for yup, and there's a button for an emoji, but there isn't a button for yup. Yup emoji. Because <laughs> once I hit scribble, I can't get back out to do, if I could scribble a word and then get back to the emoji one that would be fine but you can't reply with only a smiley face well sometimes you can't depends on the question you know what i use the thumbs up for that there's a thumbs up that means yup emoji yeah but it's usually the answer to a question and it's 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 it doesn't always work with the the, yeah and i spend eight minutes looking for the right emoji and never and i always end up with like the same two because i can't find what i want all these other people writing stories and stuff and i can only find the thumbs up and a smile so I, you may have discovered that I have discovered emoji on the Mac. Like you're starting to get emoji from me in Telegram, which you would have never got before. And do you know mm. how that's happening? I created a folder in Text Expander, which turns the old-fashioned colon parens into an emoji. Oh, that's brilliant! You wrote them. The I Text just, Expander yeah, I just created a few of them for the stuff I like. Yeah, so I just have little snippets. I'll happily share them with you. Yeah, yeah, I would love to have those. Um, now they're going to be my preferences of what I think is important, but basically all of the sure. ones I used to do the old-fashioned way, I just do them this way now. Oh, so I, I still do like, the old-fashioned colon dash right paren. You see, I don't do a dash. I was always a colon paren person. But you I've can edit. I've never them been comfortable like. with that with no 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 nose. Where's the nose I, in I that? I prefer the symmetry. It feels closer to round. Otherwise, it's just a stretchy face. <laughs> Well, I think we have managed to uh, knock off 55 minutes talking about three topics and uh, three apps, just like you suspected. 
There you go. You see, we 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 can geek out about anything, Alison. There you go. All right. I am not even going to come close to predicting when you and I are talking next, nor am I going to predict <laughs> what we're talking about because I am so confused on episode numbers right now. It's not even funny. But I will say I will talk to you soon and they will hear from you next week. Yeah, the listeners have. Uh, I, can, I can very easily say I'll see us all next week. And until then, oh, sugar. What are we recording? <laughs> Actually, that's interesting. It's not stay passionate, stay secure. It's not, uh, happy, uh, can it be happy computing? I think it must. I think actually that's the one I'm due to give. Okay, so I'll talk to you all next week. And until then, stay, stay <laughs> practicing. I can't write. Oh, dear. I'm leaving this in just so you know. I know you are. Yeah, because basically the start of every Let's Talk Apple is me getting my own tagline wrong. Only no one ever gets to hear it because I'm in charge of the red record button. Uh, unfortunately, you have control now. Anyway, I do. I third do. time's a charm. Okay, give it a shot, Bart. Until next time, happy computing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.